deep contentment, joy, and confidence in my everyday life with God. And by the way, I just said that. I didn't read it like I have it memorized. There is no reason for you to out me on reading it when I first started. Come on. Distorted thinking patterns where people are believing the wrong things and living out of that. I can't read stuff anymore. (laughs) Oh my God. Who came up with the idea of putting small print instructions on everything? Everything. You're much more kind than I am because (laughs) when I'm mad at you, I'm like, God, why is this woman in my life? (laughs) Wow. We want to get to a place where we have that conviction, where we've moved from, what have you done for me lately, God, to, I trust you, you are real, this is real, and I will Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to 2023. Good morning. Well, hello. Good morning. Welcome. I am just so excited for the new year. Why is that? What are you going to be leaning into this year? You know, the new year always means like new beginnings Mm -hmm. and kind of a fresh start. And it gives me, I I don't know, I'm a concrete thinker. And so for me, I kind of like seeing a a fresh beginning, like, oh, I'm going to start things I've always wanted to do. I'm going to move into things that Mm -hmm. are exciting for me. And so that's what I'm sort of looking at is, oh, this is going to be a new year. That's great. And I love that because We want to take some time here at the beginning of the year to focus on building a wholly authentic life. That's the premise of who we are, finding that vibrant and sustainable life that we live in joy, we live in peace, we really live in our relationship with God. That's what it's all about. Yeah, it is. And I like how you said building a wholly authentic life. Because when I hear you say building, I'm thinking I've got my two by fours, I've got my, you know, my foundation, I've got all of the things like I'm building a house in a in kind of a cool way. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because this isn't something that just falls out of the sky, lands on us and boom, I have a wholly authentic life. <laughs> I wish. Right? <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. But no, it's it's about building. And so that means building things into our life that we need to experience this deeper, more relational walk with God. And I'll say that at the beginning, because I think that's one of the issues that we face. We come to this point in our life where we believe God exists, and we accept the fact that He paid the price for our sin and, and made a way for us to have a relationship with Him. But then actually being in a relational walk with God somehow seems to miss us, or maybe we somehow miss that. Yeah. And that's what God wants for us. All of the other things that we're struggling with and dealing with on a daily basis, those things God wants to speak into. He wants to help us through. He wants to guide us. He wants to be right there alongside us when we're happy to rejoice and celebrate with us. He wants to be alongside us when we're sad when we're going through things that hurt our hearts, that's how much God loves us. And he can't do that if we don't learn to develop this relational walk with him. Yeah, just this this conversation, you know. And I love that you're bringing this out. And we have 
this relational God who wants us to pray, wants us to talk with him, wants us to fellowship with him. And I think about, you know, our relationship as husband and wife, that that we have these moments where we have this conversation and, and I let you in to things I'm, I'm going through. And mm-hmm. we talk about things and we laugh together, we cry together, you know, we experience the full range of emotions together. And that's the kind of walk that God wants to have with us as well. And we just want to invite you to join us as we step into mm-hmm. building this holy, authentic life. And what does that look like? Yeah, our best days <laughs> are days when we are really connected, when yeah. we're really communicating. We might not even be on the same page, but as long as we're talking about it, <laughs> our days are better. Yeah. And our worst days are those when we withdraw from yeah. one another. And right. This is so true in our relationship with God, which begs the question then, why does it seem so hard to establish this ongoing communication with God? And I hate to say the words, why is prayer hard? Because talking to God shouldn't be hard, but yet that regular conversation with God, why is that difficult? Gosh, I don't know. I mean, I think part of it, and of course I speak from my own experience here, is that when I was little, I was kind of raised in a Presbyterian church, but Mm. very formal. We even read out of those, I can't even remember what they were called. Like a prayer book? Like a prayer book, yeah. And so the prayers were very structured, Mm -hmm. they were very formal, and that was sort of the model that Mm -hmm. I was taught that prayer should look like. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I, I think I fall back on that and I struggle like, oh, holy God, you know, like I'm trying to be so formal with my prayer that I I think sometimes I'm missing my heart to God. And do you know what I mean? That's the perfect point because it's not the prayer book's (laughs) fault. No, it's not. And really even those, I mean, Jesus gave us a model prayer. Right, the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. And so it's not the model of the prayer that's the problem, but it is when it becomes this formal not connected to our heart, not connected to our mind, not connected to our life right. conversation that gets old. And of course, we'll do that a few times and then be like, what's the point in that? Yeah. So there is that part of it. And I agree with you. A lot of how we've seen prayer modeled over the years in our life really has nothing to do with what we see in Scripture. Yeah. It's just become the practice of people. And I'm not blaming anyone. It's just something that developed over time. Yeah. What we saw modeled was what they saw modeled, which was what they saw modeled. And so it just carries on from generation to generation. And so we want to recapture the faith that people had in the Bible as they talked to God, as they poured out their heart. David is such an incredible example, reading through Psalms and the way that he cried out to God. I mean, he held nothing back, right? Yeah. He was vulnerable. He was angry. He was joyful. He experienced every emotion. And I love that I can go into the Psalms. And there are a lot of those that I actually, I mean, the 23rd Psalm is when I pray weekly. Yeah. And I have even this beautiful picture in my office to remind me, the Lord is my shepherd. And and just that's yeah. such a great prayer that, that, I, that I use often. Right. Yeah. Well, it's so good because you hear in those moments, this deep, connection that David knew he had to depend on God. That's the whole point of the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. 
and his dependence on God made his life richer. Mm. The green pastures, still waters, the whole imagery of that is so great. And that's what David understood. There were other times where David was mad, like you said. I mean, he's he's <laughs> yeah. running away from Saul so much of his life. He's in battle. He was a warrior. So naturally, what's a warrior going to pray? I want my enemy's teeth to be broken out. I want <laughs> them to die, you right? know, kind of th- deliver me from their evil over yeah. me. And that's David's heart's cry. Wow. And God loves all of it. Mm. He loves that conversation. So there is this level of authenticity, mm. holy, authentic, authentic life, life, right? Yeah. That he wants in our communication with him. Mm. And anything that gets in the way, he wants to break that down. Right. And so let's take a minute and just talk about what are some things that get in the way? Why do we not pray more? Man. I think for maybe a lot of us, we're busy and distracted. Think about all of the the pace of life. And from the moment we wake up until we put our head on the pillow at night, we're just running. And then these lovely cell phones, which are both a tool and a distraction, Mm -hmm. can just take away from our focus sometimes. Yeah. It's our culture of busyness, uh, a culture of being in a hurry. Yeah. We're moving from one thing to another. Right. The whole idea of being productive mm-hmm. and efficient with our time sort of goes against what prayer would provide for us. Yeah. Right. I know. Along with that, if we have some doubts about prayer and we don't believe that it's actually effective or that we're being heard or we don't believe that there's anything to it, there's no power in it, Mm. then it's more likely that we're going to say, why bother? Yeah. I like how you you just name that because I, I think there are times that we just don't know how to pray. And so then from that position, we're questioning. Or we've been disappointed. Yeah. That something yeah. we really prayed for and wanted to happen didn't happen the way we wanted it to happen. Yeah. Or we prayed for someone who was sick to be well and they never got well. Yeah. And that kind of erodes our confidence and our faith and our belief that prayer has power, that prayer is effective. Right. And that comes from us approaching God from our own perspective. Mm. We've said this before, but I think it's important for us to note when we're like that, when we're praying for something, it doesn't come the way that we wanted it to or doesn't happen the way we thought it should. It's almost like we're telling God what he's supposed to do rather than believing that God knows what's best and that he can walk us through anything, that we ignore the temporary nature of life and we ignore the impact of sin on this world and we ignore so many different things that it really attacks our faith, our belief that God is good, yes, that God has our best interest at heart. And all of those things sort of build up And over time, we're just like, why should I pray at all? Yeah. And so we have to acknowledge that that's what may be going on. Right. That that's what's making it difficult for me to get up in the morning and pray or Mm -hmm. before I go to bed at night and pray or whatever time. That's what's making it hard. 
Yeah. Life is filled with disappointments and there are things that don't happen, like you said, the way we wanted it to, or God doesn't answer the prayers that we prayed exactly the way we wanted it to happen. And so our trust in Him and in prayer, it is eroded through those Mm -hmm. things. It's amazing sometimes how our trust in God gets messed up and we lack faith or we stop believing that He's hearing us or doing things. And yet, really, it's a matter of he's just not doing things the way we want him to. Oh. We want to be in control. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. I know. That Isn't hurts. that hard? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. I was reading uh, in Genesis today as we're doing our Bible reading, and there's a verse at the end when Adam and Eve sinned, mm. and God brings a curse on the serpent and then he talks to Eve and then he talks to Adam and when he's talking to Eve he has this phrase which I know if I'm I'm going to say this out loud and all women everywhere listening are going to be so mad at me but I didn't make it up I'm just reading what God's word says but it's like you will try to control your husband but he will be the head over you and wow I can just see that but not In the husband-wife relationship, the way I see it in the New Testament, Paul compares the marriage relationship with the relationship that Jesus has with believers. And so I see it so clearly that I always want to control God, Yeah, but he is head over me. Wow. Gosh, there's just something in humanity that kicks against that. Does not like that. Yeah. I don't know what that is. It's got to go. It does. It's got to go. Well, yeah. As long as we are yeah. wanting to be in control, mm. we will never learn how to depend on God. Wow. And isn't Jesus the perfect example of yielding that mm. we could even imagine? Even in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before the crucifixion, He, Jesus is praying that the cup would pass and that He wouldn't have to go to the cross in some ways. I mean, He's, yeah. he's asking. And then He says, yet not my will, but your will be done. Mm. Man, that gets me. Yeah, it's the perfect picture of surrender. Ugh, wow. I asked you earlier, what are you leaning into this year? What really God has laid on my heart to lean into this year is the word surrender. Now, I have talked on this podcast before. I don't like that word. (laughs) I like the word entrust better because it's more of an active thing that I'm doing, which there's a time and a place for that where I'm actively placing my trust, my life, my finances, my everything into God's hands. Yes. But there's this thing about surrender, and I kind of have this image that God has given me of what Jesus talks about when he says the river of life. And then both in the Old Testament and New Testament, especially in Revelation, we see that the river of life flows out from the throne of God. And I see that as the Holy Spirit moving in our lives. And one of the things that I believe God is saying to me this year is that it's time for me to stop trying to stand and walk in the current, striving against it, moving. I'm I'm in the river of life because I have this relationship with God, but I keep trying to do things on my own. So God is wanting me to just lay back and float. Wow. And let the current of the river of life take me wherever God wants to take me. Just yield. Yield. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) You're shaking your head at me right now. No, I'm not. I'm not not shaking my head because... (laughs) Okay, maybe I was shaking my head a little bit, (laughs) but it's not because I don't want to do this. Yeah. But it's because there is this part, I guess, in all of us that doesn't 
I can't predict the outcome. Oh, you want to control the outcome. Well, I wasn't going to say it that way. (laughs) But when we surrender to be led by God and say the words, God, wherever you want me to go, I'll go. He may take us somewhere that we never thought we were going to be going. He may take me to a place, not that I don't want to go, but to somewhere totally different than what I've had in my mind. I mean, for years, I've had dreams and plans and all of this stuff. And when I surrender it all, where I get to stand up, where I get to live, how I get to live, all of that stuff, mm-hmm. I have to just say, okay. Yeah, let it go. Let it go. Let <laughs> go of my preferences. Yeah. Let yeah. go of my dreams to mm-hmm. a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Uh Because I think God is in that sometimes, Mm -hmm. but maybe he's putting it together in a way that only he could, that if I try to strive and build it on my own, that it might be okay, but how much more wonderful will it be when I just get to float there? It's like the stress of life when I fully surrender. I get to let all of that go too. Yeah. Wow. And isn't that a good thing? I mean, honestly, and and I think it just comes to trusting that his plans for us are better than our plans we could ever make for ourselves. Yeah. 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 He loves us more than we love ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And so he's a good father. And and yes. so I like that we're naming some of the things that get in the way, some of the things that make prayer um, hard, yeah. or maybe how some of the, just the past hurts or disappointments mm-hmm. might kind of get in the way of our trust in, in him being a good father and taking care of us better than we could take care of ourselves. Uh, Yeah. And one other thing I think we should just bring up and say is that sometimes shame Mm. gets in the way of us talking to God. I remember thinking of it like when I was a kid, that feeling you get when you kind of did something you're not supposed to do at school. Oh, I hate that. And your teacher sends a note home for your parents to read and sign and you have to take it back. Okay, that's the feeling sometimes we have in our relationship with God, Mm. that I am not excited about taking this note home. (laughs) If I could do anything else in the world, one time as a a kid, I literally took the note and hid it in the middle of the pasture, thinking (laughs) that there's no way my parents are going to find this here. I never knew this story. Well, of course, when I don't bring it back to, when I don't bring it back to school, the teacher is like, Okay, we're going to try this again, you know? And so, but my point (laughs) is not in my deviant behavior. My point is in, we have this feeling and it stands between us. I didn't want that note to cause a problem. I knew my parents were going to be disappointed in me. I knew they were going to be upset with me because I had done something wrong. Maybe rightfully so, but yet I don't want something like that to get between me and my relationship with God. And in fact, let me say it this way. God does not want something like that, the things that we've done, even when we've messed up, to get in the way of our relationship with Him. He doesn't want it so much so that He actually did something about it. He set us free from that guilt and that shame by Jesus doing what He did on the cross, making us right with God, making our relationship restored, healed, back to what he had originally intended. That is the truth of God's word. And so as we lean into that and believe that truth, then we can come to God and say, I'm sorry, 
but not let shame overshadow our relationship. Wow, which is so important because I know in even in our relationship, if there's something that I just I just don't feel good, it's it's going to get in the way of you and I being mm-hmm. able to talk openly and trust one another. And the same is true in our walk with God. I mean, yeah. when we have those feelings, there's a way through that Jesus paid the price so that we could receive his forgiveness mm-hmm. and walk in just that fellowship again without yeah. that that feeling of shame. Yeah, and that is what this is really all about. Yeah. It is restoring our relational walk with God. Yeah. Our relationship with God is not just, hey, I prayed a prayer one day, and I said yes to God, and now the rest of my life I'm going to do my best, read my Bible when I can, and be a good person, and do all the things. And that is what you mentioned earlier, that formality that gets in the way. I mean, imagine if that was our marriage. Oh, boy. There would be no real relationship. No. And we probably wouldn't talk to each other that much because we're hung up on the things we're doing, not what we're becoming. Right. And we want our relationship with God to grow deeper, that our love for Him, and we've mentioned this in weeks before where we've talked about being attached. How attached are you Mm. to God, to your relationship with God? How meaningful is it for you? Wow. That's where we want to develop. And so talking about these things that get in the way, we kind of want to shift and just say, okay, what do we do about it? Yeah. How can we really develop our relationship with God better? Yeah. And I love that we're kind of shifting to build this holy, authentic life, to step into more of this communication, heartfelt conversation with God. And the first step is to believe. I mean, we have to believe without reservation, go all in and say, God, I'm yours. I surrender this yielding like you were talking about floating in the river of life. I believe that you are God and that you have saved me. And you did that through Jesus. And and I, I believe that with everything in me. Yeah, that's really where it starts, because how we believe impacts what we think, how we feel, what we do. And so right there, if we don't start by going to God and just simply saying, I know things haven't been the way they're supposed to be. I believe that you love me. I believe you have my best interests at heart. So whatever you want to do, I'm going to lay back. I'm going to float. <laughs> I'm going to float down that your river of life, whatever that means, wherever that takes me. Yeah, It would be the same as you and I. Mm-hmm. We've had this big blow up and we want to come back together. The first thing we do is to get face to face and say, okay, I kind of messed that up. Yeah, I kind of wasn't doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't believing in you. You yeah. weren't believing in me. We were hurting each other. Yeah, We certainly weren't talking. Mm-mm. And so now we, we want to come back together around the fact that we believe that God brought us together, mm-hmm. that we are better together than we are individually. And so we want to be one. And that's what God wants with us, this unity. Yeah. All throughout Paul's writings, he talks about us being united with Christ. Jesus said, may my disciples, my followers be one with you, God, as you and I are one. So that's an incredible relationship. And so it begins there with belief and surrender. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we believe, we surrender. And then I think we have to begin to identify the things that we're actually trusting Mm. rather than God. Oh, yeah. That kind of hits 
close to home because I, I think about where do I get off track? Like, what are those things I'm trusting instead of God? And and I think for me, it's, oh, it's up to you, Tammy. You've mm. got to make it happen. And a lot of times I put all that pressure on myself instead of relying on God and like looking to Him mm-hmm. to be the source. I'm looking to me and my strength. And, and that is going to fail every time. You and everybody else. We mm. have abilities. Yeah. We have talents. We have strengths that God built into us, but we weren't meant to rely solely on those things. Right. And when we do, they do get in the way. Mm-hmm. They do. And I don't know, I kind of feel like some days if you were looking at my soul battery, that I might be at like 10%. And I need to be filled. I need to be charged up. I need to have the source of life pouring into me and not looking at myself because my batteries run out. Mm, right. That's a really good way of seeing that. Yeah. That we are finite. <laughs> yes. There are limits. We have limitations. And so we are going to eventually come to the end of ourselves. Yes. And there'll be a moment, I remember when I was working as an IT guy, I always had this constant fear that one day I was going to wake up and sooner or later, I'm going to find a problem that's bigger than my ability to solve. And that really petrified me because so many people, so much depended on me being able to solve all the problems with the IT. And so it's like, yeah, one of these days that was going to happen. Because that's true in every situation, right? that we will come to the end of our abilities, our knowledge, our strengths, our talents, if we're not already leaning into God, Mm. and we're not already trusting Him to guide us and just floating down, then we sort of put ourselves in this position of the indispensable person. Yeah that we have to be the answer. And the truth of the matter was, for my job, it was okay that I was going to come to the end of myself one day, that there was going to be a problem bigger than I could solve. But so long as I viewed it as, hey, this is my responsibility and everything's going to fall apart if I can't fix it personally, gosh, how self-centered is that, for one thing? Because all that I really had to happen, if I would just relax, mm. what's going to happen? I'm going to get help. I was going to say, right? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yep. And so we live this way, though. We do. Yeah. And I think a lot of us who struggle, I'm going to say us because I'm in this, with anxiety, this is kind of the the part of the root of that. Mm. When you feel like it's all up to you and that you're alone. So that's really the the essence of of where that i guess for my own struggle with anxiety that's where it started mm-hmm. was that false belief that it's all up to me yeah and that i've got to come through or that that i've got to figure it out or man that's a lot of pressure it is and it just kills your soul i mean it it zaps you of all vitality and of all your strength really because over time it's just we are not made to be self-reliant We're not made to be self-sufficient. We are made to receive from our creator all of these talents and gifts and things that he has given us, but he is our fuel. Like C.S. Lewis talked about that, the fuel that our souls were designed to run on. Yeah. And that's, that's what we need. In our battle with this, to rely on self and control the outcome, we have in our minds the picture of what perfect is. And I think sometimes God is sitting there looking at us going, you don't even know what perfect could be. (laughs) 
because your version of perfect is so small compared yeah, to right. what I could make perfect look like. Yeah. But in order to get there, I'm just going to steal a quote from the chosen mm. and say, we need to learn how to get used to different <laughs> because the, God does do things differently. I mean, it doesn't take a, a deep dive into scripture to find, wow, God does weird stuff. He sends 300 men into battle against an army that you couldn't even count. He does things differently. He has people march around walls and shout right, to win a battle. I mean, yeah. it's God is just into doing different things. Wow. And the outcome then being so much better than what we could have made it on our own. Yeah, which is amazing. I like the way you said that, get used to different, because sometimes we we don't want different. We want predictable. We want yes. the cookie cutter thing, like the A plus B equals C. I, you know, I like those yep. formulas and I like kind of knowing that something's going to succeed before I even start. And, you know, I want to control the outcome. And, yep. and when we are praying, when we are leaning into trusting God, we release that and put that into his hands. And yep. it's a vulnerable place to be. Yeah. And you you know, God loves us so much yeah. that he actually lets us get our way sometimes. Oh, man. Even when we end up robbing ourselves of something greater and bigger. <laughs> right. He will let us do that yeah. because he doesn't force himself on us in this mm -hmm. relationship. He never will. And that's the beauty of his love and also really kind of a motivator for how we can just come and surrender and say, God, you love me so much that you don't push yourself on me but you invite me. Mm, and he that, draws us, right? Yes, that <laughs> invitation is so yeah. much more gentle. Yeah. We just need to relax into him and realize how much he loves us and where he wants us to go and really begin to learn how to trust God from our heart rather than our eyes. Mm, yeah. Our eyes are saying, God, if you don't do this, this, and this, then I don't know that I can trust you. Because it doesn't look the way I thought it was supposed to look. And God is saying, you have no idea. Right. You're really close to whatever you're in the middle of. You see from your perspective, and it's very narrow. It's very focused. And again, you brought all of your expectations to bear. And I am seeing this from a greater perspective than you can even have possible. So trust me wow. that I see where this needs to go better than you do. Mm. And that's not easy. No. <laughs> because especially if we are looking with our eyes and not trusting God with our heart, we're not really walking by faith. We're looking at what we can see and basing truth on just that rather than on faith. I like how this is encouraging me to kind of say, all right, 2023, 20, I'm ready. Like, mm -hmm. let's, let's step into more. Let's pray more. Let's trust God with more and really trust him from my heart wholly yeah yeah and if it helps <laughs> think of it in this way okay that as we're building this holy authentic life we want to really learn how to fall in love with god over and over and over and over again if that creeps you out and you don't like that thought <laughs> then think of it as making god your best friend mm, wow and so yeah talk to him as you would your best friend spend time invest time with him and listen hear him out respond tell him you don't like it <laughs> tell him you're angry <laughs> tell him this frustrates you yeah. 
what would you say to your best friend mm. if they were confronting you about something going on in your life? Your instant response might be, I don't like you right now, but thank you for being in my life <laughs> kind of thing. Well, let's do that with God yeah. and really develop that deeper love mm-hmm. attachment to our relationship with him. It's everything. And there's been a verse that I have been just really holding on to almost moment by moment as I go into my day. And I thought I would share it. It's in Philippians 4, and it starts in verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Mm. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Mm, the word then. Yeah. Right in the middle of that. Wow. Then you will experience. Yeah. As we lay back on the river of life <laughs> and float. Yes. Then mm. we will experience his peace that goes beyond our ability to understand. Wow. It's just been a good verse. Like Mm. when I find myself anxious or the what if monster tries to take over, like what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? And I start to feel, okay, I'm feeling anxiety in my body. Oh, it's because I'm not praying. I'm worrying. I'm stressing. I'm freaking out. And instead I go, okay, all right. Wow. This is where you are. Okay. You don't need to stay here. Let's pray. Mm -hmm. So praying about everything and then telling God what I need. Like, what do you need? God, I need just your peace right now. I need just to release this to you. I need to rest in you. Like you said, float on this river of life. I need to let go all of these things that are freaking me out and stressing me out. And then to just take a breath and Mm -hmm. receive his peace. Because I love how this verse says, we will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. It's more powerful. His peace is stronger than our our feelings, stronger than even what we can think, but it's real and we experience it. Mm -hmm. And that's what, man, that's what I want in 2023. Yeah, I think the reason, one of the reasons Mm -hmm. that it goes beyond what we can even imagine. Yeah, is because our version of outcome Mm. would be that God would take the difficult things away from us in life. Yeah. And God's version is, no, I'm going to walk through the difficult things with you. So don't let them stress you out. Don't be anxious. Just give them to me. Pray. Talk to me. Mm. Walk with me in this. That's our first step in building a holy, authentic life, a life that is vibrant and sustainable in Christ, trusting Him, talking to Him about everything. Man, I can't think of a better way to start this new year than just to keep developing this kind of prayer life. This is what I want, and I'm excited that we have these truths in Scripture to build our life on. That it's not just my opinion or my emotions or the thought of the day. This is his this is God's truth and promise to us. And that's what I want for 2023. Well, let's do this thing. <laughs>